This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We got a really fun show for you today with, of course, our talk topic being the review of all reviews for me. This is the review of a movie I've been waiting for for so long. The movie I knew that they could make and they've made it. It is Super Mario Brothers, the movie or the Super Mario Brothers movie, I should say. And we're going to talk about it. We're going it, to, it's safe to say that this is going to be a very glowing review. <laughs> so we're going to talk about everything that is happening and try to cover all the Easter eggs that you could possibly find in this movie and just enjoy what it was and why you need to go if you haven't already. And before we even get down to our next segment, I want to give a big thanks to my man, Boris Aguilar. Once again, I got to stop by, made a visit to Canada courtesy of TSN radio and Sunday night's main event. I got to, you know, ramble with him in our rampage ramble podcast that I uh, guest co-host with him and always a lot of fun. There's a free episode that uh, they have this week. So go out of your way, check it out, go to uh, Podbean. You can check it up on there. You can also go to their Facebook page, their um, Facebook group, I should say, Sunday Night's Main Event, and check it out there as well. And the links is all there. And actually, you could go into our, if you're part of the ACMG Facebook group, you can also check it out there as well. And uh, I posted the link for it there. We have a lot of fun. We talk about wrestling. We talk about AEW wrestling for that matter, but we do ramble off. That's why it's called Rampage Ramble, because we do review uh the weekly episodes of uh aew rampage but before we do that we also have conversations about everything that's going on in our world and particularly my world every once in a while what i've been doing here 
and talk time live so give me a chance to you know talk with boris have a lot of fun with him talk wrestling and talk about our favorite fandoms at the same time so go out of your way check it out and uh it's a great show it's a really fun show over there to check um to listen to as well as all of their content they got so much content over there so a lot of it is patreon so you will have to pay for it but the original the original show you can listen to on tsn radio i believe every night uh at i think it's like 11 o'clock at night that you can listen to especially in eastern standard time here that you can listen to and it's always great dave Meltzer always uh comes by and makes a visit I, I was on the actual radio show at one point um which was awesome it's kind of a milestone moment for me so go out anyway check it out but boris always good looking out i'll more than likely be on the episode on a normal basis uh every so often i will be on the show to you know talk about it you know anytime i can and it's always a lot of fun getting to talk about my favorite fandoms and getting to meet new people from various parts of the world which by the way i will also mention speaking of wrestling speaking of talking to people from around the world another interview will be coming soon in relation to what i was just talking about but also in relation to video games how does those two come together stay tuned i will let you know very soon and i mean very soon as in this week so stay tuned for that and much much more but folks we got a lot to talk about here. There's a lot of great news and a lot of great things to happen this week. So let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Right, folks we're going to start this easter sunday segment if you will with my thoughts on the jeremy renner special that came on abc i think it was a 2020 special but diane sawyer interviewed jeremy renner uh months after his unfortunate accident i mean like i can't believe one that he's still alive two that he is up and vibrant as he is uh still recovering but man he's energetic he's I mean, he's lively. He's just, he's full of energy. He's full of life. And he still finds his way to smile through this whole entire thing. Um, it's just an amazing thing. They talked about what happened during the accident. If you guys know, uh, or you, if you don't know, which I believe you should, I mean, how do you not know about this? But he was trying to save his nephew, uh, while he was on this, uh, tractor, this, uh, the snow piling, plowing tractor and got in the midst of trying to do that he got into an accident where the rotary belt of the tractor ran over his legs his body almost crippling him i mean unconditionally i don't know how he's able to walk to this day um they did it they had an animated re a look at this whole thing they reanimated this scene to give you an idea how almost near fatal this was and the animation was gripping it was it, it it was almost hard to watch because you're looking at and you know it's coming and you know what happened as a result and to see it in in, in this animated um demo demonstration of it oh it was heart-wrenching to see and again looking at that whole thing and, and the one thing that you took from him what he said from this is like he said his eye can see his other eye coming out 
that's how crazy can you fathom that i mean it's just it's insane and the amount of adrenaline this man has had through this entire process i i he you know he i think him doing what he does and first of all also being in the shape that he was in really helped him but also helped him mentally because you know he's been he's been in a lot of movies where he played you know he was in hurt locker he was in avengers and all the stuff he's in a lot of movies where his mindset is always hero or soldier or whatnot so that's his mindset going into this thing so if you condition if you're practicing if you're you know training to be in that type of situation your mindset will also be in that situation and i think that's what happened here and he honestly said he would do it again if it ever happened again i think he would do it a little bit smarter than he had done before but nonetheless just how what he does it's just amazing he also talked about how he extend how he tends to give back to the community and what's not, and whatnot um tries to help his neighborhood tries to help you know you know underprivileged you know kids and people from around different communities and whatnot he actually rebuilt a lot of vehicles like uh buses fire trucks whatever and you know gives them back and in, in some form or fashion he actually has a new disney plus series coming soon uh called renovation which i thought it very quite an awesome name <laughs> that will help him you know help the community if you will and redo all these different things and go he travels to the different areas and he's going to rebuild certain um you know vehicles and in in you know things that will help the community better to give them a chance to give back and i thought it was just a you know this not only helps him this helps the avengers brand this helps you know this this really helps the whole entire marvel studios situation I, even if it wasn't intended to do that in a sense the accident happening you know it, it it really showed how he is not only a hero on film but he's off film as well and added to that he recently uh i believe they recently saw him he recently posted that he was at six flags with his family in um you know three months after the accident and you just see this guy having a great time even though he's on a you know he's one of the one of those motorized um you know cars or, or or wheelchairs or whatever like that he still finds a way to smile you know he has his family his family has been there since day one which by the way he got into the accident on new year's day like they showed footage in the, in this in the episode. If you haven't seen this episode, it's on Hulu right now. It probably is on Disney Plus as well, but definitely is on Hulu. But they show him celebrating with his family and his uh it, and his you know in the whatever the area that he's in is very snowy area. And you see him celebrating with his family is new year's eve and is all that stuff and then new year's day come and he's helping to plow the snow away so his neighbors and everybody can get through properly and you know his nephew was helping him as well and you know his nephew it was interviewed as uh, too and he was explaining how he's always very uplifting he you know in that morning he was trying to you know stay asleep and jeremy his uncle jeremy <laughs> told him you know to live the day or something to that nature and you know very uplifting very optimistic and then that happens and 
it, it was I, i'm sure it's very traumatizing to the nephew but also very relieved that they are able to look back at this and see that he's recovering see that he's still smiling see that he has this whole thing and he's not he he's not all back together he's banged up he has a few metal plates in, in platinum and metal plates everywhere in certain parts of his body to help rebuild him um even when talking with diane sawyer he had to take a break because his jaw started um you know reacting up and his that's his body trying to adjust and it's going to take a while as somebody who also got a injury i got like i had like a hundred uh a laceration on my arm and self-inflicted in a sense um from a punch that i did through a window when i was in high school you know it was high school we were stupid you know we we did some stupid things it wasn't in, like it's suicidal intentional i punched a window and it cut my whole entire arm in a big way this huge laceration um almost looked like luke skywalker's arm after he got uh, a new arm and you saw the inside of the arm with the cybernetics in it it's kind of like that except you saw my bone it was that deep it was a center few centimeters away from a from a a a, a vein that could have really killed me somehow some way i'm still here talking to you and talking on this show <laughs> but you know and it and it took 130 stitches to put back together so i know when it comes to pain i know how much it goes and it took a while for it, it took a while for this pain to go away and you know luckily i can still use my hands you know greatly and i've used them for decades now um he's gonna go through a pain process but as time goes by it's gonna take a while for the healing to get through but considering that he's able to do what he's doing now it's a, it's a miracle it is an absolute miracle so i am i couldn't be more of a fan of this dude than i am right now and then on top of that this disney plus series that's coming out where he's also giving back and doing all this cool stuff of course this was all pre-taped before everything that has happened but if you look at him now you look at him now it's like i can't believe he's he his progress has been awesome i mean i we will see him we will absolutely see him walking in that's evident we already saw him in in this this really awesome machine like you gotta you gotta have money to do the type of recovery that he's doing first of all i wish that we all can have that type of recovering but if you're in his status and if you're in that celebrity status like that yeah you're gonna get that recovery there you know he's gonna he's gonna be okay in that in that measure um but i at the same time i'm like damn i wish we all can have that type of recovery like that it i can't even fathom how much it costs to have that type of medical insurance and attention you know but this dude is money and like i think even when he gets back to himself he's gonna be more money in this case um damn sure he will be used in avengers again in some in, in a marvel studios film in some form or fashion people are going to be dying to see him on the screen again from uh from this you know he just showed how much of a true dude he he is in here and you know i know he's had his you know issues in the past and whatever like that but man it, it's no he, yeah that's all in a, that literally is all in the past that's whatever i mean and, it, and it, furthermore it was only based on his relationship situation so i mean it's one of those things that we shouldn't be even have to be privy to but this right here this is this really it was a testament of what kind of man this dude is and what he is with this show so i'm i'm actually going to look forward to watching that show because i think it's just 
he really is showing how much of a true Avenger that he really is. People use the term when people do some real life heroic stuff. They use the term superhero too loosely. I, I, I hate to use that term because to be a superhero, you have to have some extraordinary ability aside from just being brave and going out. So no, the dude is a hero. Definitely. He's a hero to his nephew. He's a hero to all. He's a hero to those he look out for in a community. But until he starts showing some really Hawkeye-ish like stuff, or he's he's like he has powers and all this stuff. Dude, it's not a superhero. He's a damn hero. There's nothing wrong with just being a hero because there are not that many heroes out there as it is. Um, so I always think the term superhero is just it's not the right term. It, you know, being a hero is okay. It's like being a superhero calling somebody a superhero is just also saying that being a hero is just not enough hell i would love to have somebody be my hero i do have people that are my heroes out there and that is a huge honor to have so with that said to sir jeremy renner he's not a knight but i'm knighting him <laughs> you know kudos to you man i'm so happy that he is able to recover the way he is that he's able to smile and the fact if you see how he is and i know he's going through a lot of pain in the background but he has the family and positive support group behind him but also i mean let's all learn from this dude this too yes he's rich he's famous he's awesome in that sense but to be in that situation i don't care who you are nobody wants to be in that situation that jeremy renner had to experience for him to be able to, you know, to still smile after that, that's, you gotta look at, you gotta look at life. You gotta look at life in a, in a different perspective because you may not have money. You may be in college debt. You may be in some form of debt right now or whatever like that, but you can walk, you can look up in the sky. You can see how beautiful life is. You can see how beautiful life can be if we allow it to be. If we allow people to live the way they want to live and the way we want to live and just smile just like that man is doing just like the man has done and he finds a way to joke he finds a way to laugh with his family he finds he just finds a way and i think if we all look at life that way we all can probably achieve and accomplish a lot more than we you know have set out to do or accomplish what we want to do and we can also accomplish it together I'm just saying, man, like taking a look at Jeremy Renner's life may be something that we want to study and look at for our own lives. So kudos to you, Avenger. I look forward to it. So, all right. On some other Disney related news, the trailer, the official trailer to Asuka, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm just saying it right. Asuka has released starring Rosario Dawson, who plays the character uh who is also the padawan to anakin this is i believe set years after the clone war is probably even after the events uh actually it is um after the uh return of the jedi because our her first appearance was on mandalorian mandalorian is set after return of the jedi so this is years later and as you see because rosario dawson it appears to be a little bit older than the character from the uh clone war series and this is solely based on a actually if you guys don't know for those who are you know star wars fans you know they know but casual fans of star wars may not realize this but everything that they put 
out everything from the animated series to the video games to the actual movies itself of course they're all connected even graphic novels or novels or whatever like that they're all made to be connected around the world the same way even more so than what marvel uh does they're all connected which was crazy because it was like when the video game for um you know the, the force unleashed video game they started saying that that wasn't canon but i believe they brought it back in it's possible that they brought that back in because they re-released the game for the nintendo switch recently um so it's possible that that game is back in the canon of the series or whatnot but the new Jedi survivor is also going to be also connected to the entire series too. So it's possible that we will see the characters from there in the universe, you know, um, in due time. So Rosario reportedly trained for 14 hours a day to mimic the fighting style of the character from the, you know, in the animated series, these trailer just looks so good. I've been, you know, I've been enjoying the Mandalorian so much and it's solely the reason why i am a fan a star wars fan more than the first three or episodes six seven and eight you know um i've always been a fan of star wars but the, like you know i kind of fell off it because of the first three episodes it just didn't live up at least the first two clone wars to me didn't live up the first one was didn't live up the, the revenge of the sith I did enjoy a little bit more than the other two. Um, they honestly, I think they could have just left it with Revenge of the Sith and just that, you know. And you know, from there, it's just they kind of fell off. While the Marvel Cinematic Universe was just killing it in terms of just being a consistency of great content and great storytelling from that point. And then John Favreau came in, and he's now doing the same exact thing that he did for the mcu which he's now doing for star wars and it has been awesome the mandalorian is one of the best things that i like about star wars universe right now and i would say second by the obi-wan series i love the obi-wan series too and the bubba fett um the book of bubba fett loved all those now this might be one of my favorites as well this is looking to be awesome and i know rosario dawson is gonna kill it she does it all the time she is not only just a great actor she is a true fan of everything she does so she doesn't do anything that she's not a fan of and it's it's been pretty dope so this series arrives august of 2023 on disney plus and is probably going to be one of the most watched shows of the year for disney plus uh well that and secret invasions like they got a lot going on right now disney plus well if you're not a disney plus subscriber what are you doing right now if you you can't call yourself a fan of this stuff you don't own disney plus right now so looking forward to that what i'm also looking forward to is talking about shazam fury to gods why am i talking about this after already reviewing this like just i think a couple weeks ago it's because the movie has arrived on digital already for rent or for sale and it's still in the theaters this is unprecedented this is very unprecedented and I, I can't believe they did this they already it's already on digital it is it is on sale right now if you go to any digital streaming platform any digital distribution platform apple you know, apple tv or apple you know whatever apple plus or apple tv whatnot 
Vudu, uh, Amazon Prime. It is on sale right now. It is still out on theaters. I, I, I can't understand. What kind of blatant disrespect is that? I mean, it, the irony, the irony of all this is that I actually liked this movie. You heard my review. This movie was actually better than the previous one. And they just threw I, Is this their way of just saying they want to get rid of all of the Snyderverse content at all? What, is, what does this mean? Like, if I'm if I'm Zachary Levi, I'm like, I, I can't even understand why this is happening. I mean, wow. I, I, to me, I feel like this is disrespect. This is majorly disrespect on a lot of from a lot of angles. But it is out now, and I would say, I, I honestly, I would say it is worth a buy. But if you want to rent it to try it out, check it out yourself. It is available for it. But also, it should be on HBO Max probably within the next, probably by the end of the month. So if you want to wait till that, you could do that. But I, I'm telling you, if you go and check out my interview, I mean my uh, my interview, my review for the movie. I gave it a little bit of a glowing review. I thought they did a lot more right than they did in the first movie. So that, that, that blew me away. That really blew me away. It's like, it literally just came out two weeks ago and it's already on DVD. Like I'd never seen anything so disrespectful. Like I would not be happy if I was a part of that cast and knowing that just, they just immediately put that on out there. I just, that's just rough. Um, and I've never seen a movie do that before. Not even not, not even a not even a worse movie. I've never seen a worse. And that movie was not bad. <laughs> movie was very enjoyable, man. What does that say? So, all right, moving on. Going back to Disney Plus because I want to get my thoughts on the star-studded episode of The Mandalorian this week, starring guest starring Lizzo, Jack Black, Christopher Lloyd, and Mercedes Monet for wrestling fans, also known as Sasha Banks. This was loaded. I and I knew Sasha, I knew Mercedes or Sasha was going to be back in some form or fashion because they she was at the uh, she was at one the I think the Mandalorian premiere or whatever, and there was a picture of her Rosario Dawson you know playing tug of war with the IWGP uh, women's title that she now has from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Boy, what a middle finger to WWE because she left. She knew she has an agent now. She left. She's doing all these awesome things. She's back on the Mandalorian and she's also repping New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. Like how, how awesome is that? How freaking awesome is that? That she can move on. And I think she made the absolute right decision by moving on because of what's happening now with WWE. Um, she made the smart move. I am even more of a fan of her now for making that decision because I'm always a fan of people who can go against the grain of you know of of people of of businesses that are that you know are kind of like kind of shady or unethical she had value of herself to say like no i'm moving on i i love it because i did it myself at my uh at the job that i worked at it was like no i'm not gonna stay here and like let them do what they're doing to me and and, and you know treating me with less value than i have i'm not no I know my value. I'm out. So kudos to her. And she got a few lines, you know, quite a few lines. It looks like it's not the last time we're going to see her as well. I mean, she's been on like season two and, 
you know a few other seasons quite uh before that so it's not the first time not going to be the last and it's awesome that she's embedded in she's really deeply embedded into this um in this world and it looks like she is looking to be more lizzo and jack black was awesome they played some kind they played like a couple um they were like have high royalty or whatever like that and they you know called on the mandalorian to you know figure out what was going on this issue that they had in there so seeing lizzo work with jack black was fantastic lizzo just fit right in um it was really cool to see those two and uh they were a great match wouldn't mind seeing them like dating in real life <laughs> okay so i thought that was pretty cool christopher lloyd the great christopher lloyd himself also made an appearance as well i won't spoil his purpose in there you just got to see it for yourself once you're on air and then of course you know mercedes monet who's one of the mandalorians as well was uh in this episode so they you know there's a shift in the balance of the mandalorians and you know in their journey to rebuild mandalore as well so another great episode i just love one thing i will say that i love about the mandalorian is the theme song i wish i have it as like i have it as a ringtone that's how awesome that i have this that and the low-key uh theme i have as ringtones in, in this case but the mandalorian theme song the instrumental if you will is like one of the only theme songs that i will listen to from start to finish in the closing credits and when it comes on I just leave it on i don't normally skip anything i just leave it on because it's just it's one of the most awesome theme songs i've ever heard <laughs> it's just so badass um like i, I think i think mega rand even did a he did a mandalorian uh theme uh hip-hop track based on that and used the track for that it, it's like it's one of those things is like if kanye was the kanye of old I think Kanye could take that track and really he would he would oh my god he would own that old Kanye would be able to do that not this recent Kanye um Kanye Kanye is Anakin Skywalker by the way I just when you really think about it Anakin I mean his road his road is there's some similarities to the road that Kanye is going but I miss Anakin Kanye if you if you put it like that you know before he got into the dark side like for real and i know he, you know his dark side is met with some really deep rooted mental issues but man he, he is so much of a sif right now than ever if you put it like that i just uh i miss him i miss him i really miss kanye i this this yay this darf yay i i i'm not i'm not even about that dude so um there you have it go out of your way check it out this week's episode of the mandalorian and check out all the episodes of the mandalorian if you haven't already so we got to talk about a movie right now that i'm a little bit cringy it's a little bit cringy i'm a little bit worried um a little bit skeptical of what we're about to see because it is a trailer to a beloved legendary anime and i'm not really impressed with what i'm seeing right now with this because it's giving me some bad vibes here knights of the zodiac which is based on the longtime treasured anime series saint Seiya, and they're doing a live action adaptation of this and upon looking at the trailer it does not look pleasing at all in fact the presentation looks like a 90s comic book movie 
something done by New Line Cinema in the 90s that wasn't called Blade. So it's so I'm a little bit worried because it also is giving me Dragon Ball Evolution vibes. The main character, Seiya, to hit to their credit, they at least made Seiya Asian or or Japanese to that uh, to that extent. So at least they got that part right because they didn't they didn't localize him or whitewash the character but everybody around him is a white character they even got um the actor who played uh gene gray in the original x-men movie to be in this as well so i am i'm not the only one that felt that this was cringy the special effects was okay but the overall presentation just looked like like I've seen this and I've seen fan uh, fan made uh, movies like this. It didn't look anything upper echelon. It didn't look like it was doing like, like I'll, it's I think people are going to approach this or should approach this with what I call a mystery science 3000, you know, perspective, meaning you if you watch if anybody's old, you know, old enough to have ever watched the mystery science 3000 series on uh, Comedy Central basically it was these characters it was this guy with these like puppeteer characters that were all watching really bad movies and commenting on those movies so if you go in with that perspective you might enjoy it just as a car crash waiting to happen i did the same thing when i watched the recent the the last uh fantastic four movie because you just knew that it was just going to be awful so you go in knowing that it was going to be awful and just take it for what it is and you know look at it from that perspective it's like watching you know, there's a cult amount of people that watch this movie called The The Room. You do it for that reason. You look at it like you watch The Room, then you may actually enjoy it for his ridiculousness. If I, I, I wish I would have watched it that way when I was watching movies like Tekken or what was the other one? Uh, King of Fighters. And if guys, you don't know, there is a live adaptation version of King of Fighters starring Ray Park, you know, um, Darth Maul. Ray Park, uh, Toad from X-Men. Yeah, he's in there. Um, and a host of other people that should, that were just grabbing a check. <laughs> and it was awful. Tekken, the f there was two Tekken movies, by the way. The first one was, uh, the second one was, uh, it was all right, but it was nothing. It was still less to be desired. So I don't know how this is going to be, but it's giving me Dragon Ball Evolution vibes. And that's not a good thing. And we also did get noticed that there will be a new Street Fighter live adaptation in the making as well by Legendary uh, Films or Legendary Studios, if you will. Look, I will say if Joey Answer, who's the director and the guy responsible for doing the Street Fighter 2 Assassin's Fist movie, I mean, or series, if he's not a part of this, I will be less optimistic about this because Joey answer has done the impossible. He has made a stellar solid and damn, I say really awesome live adaptation for street fighter with, um, with Mike Mo playing, you know, the role of, uh, Ryu and did a really good job as Ryu. And then also, you know, Mike Mo, who's a guest on the show. He also played Bruce Lee on once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, we had him back to inter I interviewed him back when um, that series came out before I started doing video interviews. And by the way, that 
you can find on talktimelive.com as well. So um, you could talk about we talk about that series and, and a lot of things. He was also on Empire, too. So um, you go to talktimelive.com and you go into the podcast section and go into the search engine, type in Mike Mo. It'll pop up. Really good, a really good interview. I would highly recommend going out of your way to check that one out. But um, yeah, man, if it's not done by Joey Answer, I don't know who's going to do it, but it better be a fan like Joey Answer because Joey Answer, he went about his way when he got that. He got the he got the gig to do the Street Fighter Assassin's Fist um, series. It was because he put out his own money to produce his own short. He did a short and his with his intention to make sure that he did the product, the, the, the brand justice, the series justice, because we had street fighter legend of Chun-Li, which did not live up, did not do it justice. And it absolutely sucked. We had the John Claw Van Damme version as well, which people liked it, but we again took it as a mystery science 3000 perspective of the film. And it was more of a comedy than it was intended to be. And that's why people enjoy it because it was just, it was just ridiculous. But also Raul Julia was just the one thing that was so great about that movie. And the one line that everybody remembers the Tuesday line, you know what I'm talking about. And then there was the USA network cartoon. That was just, it's horrible. I, by the way, that cartoon, if you ever want to watch that cartoon again, retro crush, which is a free anime streaming app actually plays that. They, I don't know why it's all this awesome classic anime. And for some reason, the street fighter series, which is not an anime, it's a, it's an American made cartoon. Um, and it sucked. It absolutely sucked. Not the voice acting per se, just the crappy animated. It's like when in the nineties, a lot of animated cartoons in the nineties were budgeting. So the quality of the animation and character design was never good. Um, not like it was in the eighties. And then that's what that you know that's what like really migrated a lot of fans into anime because the american animated uh series that side that wasn't batman just looked horrible and it just it, it was terrible mortal kombat had an animated series too on the usa network it just it so did um jim lee's wildcats none of it was good in that sense um if it wasn't batman or i would say hbo's spawn it didn't live up. So we all migrated to anime in the nineties, getting tape trading and all this stuff of Sailor Moon and, and Dragon Ball and all in, you know, um, MD Geist and all these really classic, awesome animes and stuff like that. And Saint Seiya as well, you know, and we just, it, it just never came to be. So, um, hopefully that will be good, but you know, I hope this Knights of the Knights of the Zodiac is also good either. I'm not, Giving, getting my hopes up after seeing that trailer. I was not impressed with that trailer and a lot of people weren't impressed with that trailer either. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So, all right. We talked about a new animated series coming in the form of Royal Crackers with my um, previous guest and friend, Molly Flanagan. Well, you'll be happy to know there's some more great anime, uh, great animated series coming to Delt Swim. One of which is a new DC animated series called My Adventures with Superman. They, they put out a teaser trailer for this, and 
it looks awesome. It looks every bit as the opposite of Knights of the uh, Knights of the Zodiac. <laughs> it we got a teaser of this and just judging by the art style and animation um, of it, it kind of resembles Avatar and Legend of Korra. And it could be that same studio, uh, which I think is Mirror Studio, I believe. I, I could be wrong, but um, it could be the same studio. It looks like the same studio because I think the same studio did um, the Boondocks as well. It's in that realm. So it looks pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to say there was no release date, I believe, that, that of our, our premiere date of when it was coming out, but actually it did say the summer. So it is coming out this year. And man, I'm looking forward to it. We get a lot of new Adult Swim shows are coming out and I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's all awesome. So stay tuned for that. You could go to DC. Uh, I believe Adult Swim, you go there and check out the trailer too uh, as well. So last bit of news I'm going to talk about will actually segue right into our talk topic. That's this damn John Legrazano situation with the Super Mario Brothers uh, movie. Like, I, am I, I'm not the only one that's that is seeing the transparency of what he's saying about this movie. If you don't know, if you really don't know, John Legrazano, who is like one of my all-time favorite actors and one of my all-time favorite comedic act performers. And it's usually on point with a lot of things that he talked about. I just watched him on a, on a daily show. Awesome. He was awesome on the daily show. And he's usually on point about things that he fights about that fights for and everything. And he's a, he's a big advocate of, you know, representation and all this stuff. And, you know, um, we all dig that. We, most of us are, who are really about representation is digging it. But I feel like in this particular situation, and I think a lot of people feels the same way. He's picking a fight that he just doesn't need to be picking. Um, this happens to be related to something that he's involved with as well. John Lurgazano was asked recently whether he would be watching the new Super Mario Brothers movie because, as you guys know, he played Luigi. John Lurgazano, a Latino actor, played Luigi, an Italian character, in the 90s movie or a 1989 or 90s movie, Super Mario Brothers. He, a guy who's talking about having representation, a guy who also played an Italian character in a very, really horrible movie based on our beloved, uh, you know, character of our favorite video game series, stated that he would not watch this because they didn't have a lot of Latino characters in movie normally if you put almost any other movie especially live action movie and you put that statement in it fits for this particular movie that is based on a totally fictional world of mushrooms of living mushroom people with mushroom heads of turtles of a dragon-like creature of all sorts of different things that just doesn't have Italian related situations. I don't think there's even no, any need to have a character that is based on any, any ethnicity. Like there were no black representations in there, but 
there's no black turtles. There's no black Goombas. There's like there for 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 one thing. Mario and Luigi are Italian and they were an Italian community. And that Italian community was only shown for what bit of like maybe five, 10 minutes of the movie. Once they get into the mushroom kingdom, it's all toads. It's all Goombas. It's all Koopas. It's all like bullet bobs and, you know, bullet bills and all these. Once you're in the mushroom kingdom race, human race does not matter. So when you're Keegan, Michael key, who is black, a little bit of he's, he's, you know, he's mixed black and white, but he's black. He's not playing a black toad. He's playing toad his voice. You don't recognize his voice because he's playing another character. He's not sounding black. He's not sounding white. He's sounding like toad. Any of the other characters, Jack black is not sounding white. He's sounding like Koopa. Okay. There's no ethnic background to him. There's no human ethnic background to him. This is a fight that John Leguizano should not have where when I say transparency, I mean, we're seeing what possibly could be the reason why he's actually not doing this because for decades, for decades, many fans of super Mario have always said the following thing, the live adaptation of super Mario brothers absolutely sucked ass. And it was probably considered one of the worst movies of that time. Now, the thing is, and I think the thing that is, he should really understand is that the super Mario brothers movie in 1993 was terrible, but it was not terrible. It, it the, that movie starred Bob Hopkins, the late Bob Hopkins from who framed Roger rabbit and such. It was one of the last movies that he's ever done, unfortunately. And I will say this, the movie was horrible, but it was not the fault of the actors. The actors performances were great. It was the writing. It was the production. It was the presentation. It was done in a really crappy way. It was kind of like the way that, um, it was done in a way that the, the, the Winnie the Pooh blood and honey movie was, it was like a, it was a, almost like a horror you know, adaptation of it. And it didn't work well. It didn't, what, ha what happened for those who weren't born in the nineties and weren't like teens in the nineties or whatnot that are listening right now in the nineties, there were a slew of movies based on some of our favorite characters and and video games and anime um and comics i can name a few dolph lundgren who starred as the punisher uh a captain america movie before the recent captain america movie that we had there was one in it there was a series a tv series in the 80s for captain america but there was also a 90s uh, movie as well um super mario was also in his plate the guyver if you're an anime fan the guyver 
there were two movies for the Giver, one of which starred JJ Jimmy Walker, Jimmy JJ Walker from Good Times as a zoonoid. Just think about that for a minute. The second Giver film was a little bit better and it played a little bit much, to, it played better to the actual deal. But there was a lot of Doctor Strange was in the 80s too. There was a Doctor Strange movie in the 80s as well. Spider Man 70s series. There were a lot of these adaptations that would come out in the late 80s and the 90s. Somebody would say He Man, but I, I, He Man's a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> in the Master of the Universe was a guilty pleasure for me. Um, but there was a lot of live adaptations back then that didn't live up to the to the nature and the 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 source of what we see now and most of it because they didn't have the budget they didn't have the budget and they didn't have the imagination and they didn't have the technology to do what we're doing now so we're now at a stage where we could have a director like joey answer do an appropriate adaptation of Street Fighter. We have it where we can see a really great Mortal Kombat movie now. We can have it now where the, we can now have it where thanks to Wesley Snipes and thanks to Blade, that we now had a template to see that we could create awesome and accurate or close to source comic book movies, which now we have. And now we have it where we can do a proper an appropriate sonic the hedgehog movie and even more a proper super mario brothers movie because i will tell you this when i saw the super mario brothers movie and here's the thing too these movies these movies were made by directors by studios who didn't respect the actual continuity that they were using they specifically and only were cash grabs they banked on the idea that if you put a movie that says super mario brothers if you put out a movie that says the punisher if you put out a movie that has your favorite game or comic book in there that people will instantly go at it because one this is what we had we this is all we had we didn't have anything else out there and we're gonna bank on it because we didn't know what to expect and what we got was a bunch of crap and when it wasn't what we really saw it like if you look at the even if you look at the trailer of super mario brothers there was nothing in the super mario brothers movie back then that john lake rosano absolutely defends there was nothing in there that related to anything that you played in the video game there was nothing dennis hopper was koopa it there was nothing about him nothing about him that that matched up like the only thing that was made that made everything you know what it was was just bob hopkins was named mario and last name also mario john legrazano's luigi mario samantha mathis was daisy dennis hopper was king koopa richard uh edson was spike aka the demolition you know um the, you know the, the uh demolition uh man, crew i mean I, I, I'm really screwing that up right there, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, there was also, you know, it was just horrible. Mojo Nixon was Toad, but Toad was a Koopa. <laughs> and it was a bad Koopa. And that, that Koopa looked exactly like, um, what's his name from, uh, from Suicide Squad. You know, it, it was, it, it was just horrible. It was, and for some reason, John Leguizano 
is going to the grave defending this movie. He's doing it in a way by saying, by protesting the new Super Mario Brothers movie. So, dude, I, I, again, I respect John Leguizano for everything that he's done. His career has been awesome, legendary even. But don't die on this deal because it's pretty obvious that I think it's more or less that he's more bitter about the idea that people are going you looked at the trailer and you just knew we were going to love what we're we're about to talk about in our next segment i think he knew this going in and he's bitter i'm sorry but you got to let it go let it go that you are a great actor in a bad movie it happens we we went through this with the fantastic four movie just recent it had michael b jordan and, and, and a whole bunch of other people and it was horrible it just is you 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 survived it you got through it you got one under your belt it gets a raspberry you're just gonna have to deal with it just the same way that holly berry had to deal with her rendition of of uh catwoman but guess what what happened after she did catwoman she got an award she got an oscar even after that all these people michael b jordan survived he did fantastic four but he came back as killmonger okay john let it go bruh it's okay I you still I still got love for him but he needs to let this one go for whatever reason that it is he just needs to admit to whatever therapist that he has or if he doesn't he needs to have one in this case live on the idea that the Super Mario Brothers movie of 1993 was just it didn't live up and if you ever played the video game even you have to you have to admit you look at the video game you look at the movie they don't it just doesn't match just gotta let it go man folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're gonna take a break come back and when i do i will tell you why john lake Rosano needs to watch the recent super mario brothers movie and we'll do that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of team titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on talk time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg Talk Time Live. this is amanda celine miller the voice of boruto and sailor jupiter and you are listening to acmg presents talk time live do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review. Hell, it is my pleasure to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie of today. <laughs> this movie, it, there's no mystery to this. I love this movie from start to finish. This movie was everything I've ever dreamed of a Mario movie becoming since the day that I actually played this game in the 80s on a Nintendo Entertainment System. It took us decades to get to this point, but better late than never. 
I'm happy that I can say I have lived my life when it's all said and done that I've seen the Mario movie that I've always knew that this could they can make. This did not disappoint at all. Uh, if you're a Mario fan, you should be incredibly happy of what they accomplished here. And, uh, you know, we in the last segment, we talked about the 1993 movie with Bob Hopkins and John Leguizano in air. And again, no, no, no disrespect to them. They're both Bob Hopkins was an awesome actor. John Leguizano is legend in his own right, but they just were, they were just in a badly written, badly directed, badly produced Mario movie. No shortcomings on them. It was just, the, it was everything around it. But this right here, because it was done the way that I knew that it could be done if it was done in this fashion, because of the premise and the continuity in the unit in, in, in the in what this thing brought, I knew that they were able to accomplish this, and they did. Um, you this a, a movie like this can only be done in animated form, and I'm not saying that, well, honestly, in this day and age with the technology and the budget and the money that you know it would take to do it it could be a lot of adaptation could have been done and i think they could have gotten away with it and i think they could have made it happen because look what we've already accomplished with you know marvel studios with dc has done with all these other really awesome awesome like greatly produced you know live action movies have done but they didn't want to go that route they wanted to go cgi and i mean i think it was the greatest ingenious move to do because with that, they can take liberties and do everything that they were able to do. And not only that, you you would have to make, if they did it in the same story that they did it here, they would have to make a CGI Donkey Kong still. They would have to make a CGI Koopa. They didn't want to do all that. It's best to do it in CGI form. Just make an animated film feature with it. And it worked greatly. It looked like the game that we played all the time. It sounded like the game that we played. It moved like the game that we played and it performed like the game that we played unlike the 1993 one which had really no connection to the original game series you couldn't relate you couldn't connect to that movie you could connect everything that you played because we're still playing mario games to this day and sigiro miyamoto made sure that this fit the format i feel like the 1993 Mario movie was the equivalency of the 90s fantastic Roger Moore Fantastic Four movie where Stan Lee did hated it so much that he didn't even want it he didn't even want it to, to come out in, in you know on VHS or even theaters it was that awful and it really is that awful the 1993 Mario movie is in that same realm and this one here this is the redeeming film of that so kudos to aaron horvath and uh michael uh Jel um jelenic and pierre ludic for directing this movie um matthew vogel for writing it and of course the cast who all made it happen and you know I, it, it was just it was just fantastic from start to finish not only that but the story and the premise of the movie was directly from the video game it had happened exactly the way it happened in a video game you got mario and luigi who were up-and-coming plumbers trying to make a name for themselves after leaving 
you know, Spike from the Wrecking Crew. So Spike made a return. And by the way, I mentioned Spike before from the 1993. This is not the first time we've seen Spike in a Mario Brothers movie. This is actually the second because he was uh, there was a actor who played Spike in the um, 1993 version as well. Um, in fact, who played him in the 1993 version? Uh, it was Richard Etzen who played Spike in the 1993 version. But, you know, they brought him back, but he looks more like the actual Wrecking Crew video game character that we remember a little bit more updated but you know he was back in so for those who think that this this was the first no it was not uh he was in the 1983 one as well but you know you got these plumbers who are trying to you know they try they're trying to keep you know they're trying to make a name for themselves as plumbers or whatnot and it doesn't work out the way that they want to and a big huge plumbing catastrophe has happened in the city um, which by the way, I believe is Brooklyn that they were in. If I got to watch the movie again, damn it. <laughs> oh, well, but, um, I got to watch it again to check it out, but I don't think there's going to be a problem, but, um, I think there was a, a, a really big plumbing catastrophe that led to them going underground. And Mario saw this as a major opportunity to bring more notoriety to the, you know, Super Mario Brothers plumbing and also to prove to his father that he did not waste his life and didn't waste Luigi's life. And I thought that was a really awesome aspect to it. By the way, everybody was wondering what Charles Martinet was going to be in this movie. And lo and behold, I knew that they were going to do this. There was no other way that they were going to, if they're going to add Charles Martinet, who is the recent, not the original, the recent um, voice of Mario into this and everybody's favorite Mario, I would say, uh, I knew they were going to do this. He was going to be the dad and which was great because they gave him some good lines and roles, but he, that's not all. There was a lot of references in, in, in Easter eggs in this one of which was Jumpman. Jumpman was the original name for Mario. So what they did with the movie here was that they added Jumpman was no longer Mario. It was an actual character they called Jumpman and he, you would appear every so often and he appeared in a pizza shop. The pizza shop, by the way, was named Punchline Pizzeria. I mean, a pun not Punchline, Punch Out Pizzeria. I love that, but also I hope that this is a means to say that Punch Out is coming back out into the Switch or they're bringing that game back out. Please make another Punch Out game or bring us that Punch Out game from the Wii. Please, 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 please. I am dying for a Punch Out game <laughs> again. And I knew I could play Super Mario, uh, Super Punch Out on the online, but still, come on, man. That punch out game was dope. It shouldn't be laying on a shelf collecting dust. But Charles Martinet uh, played Mario's dad and he played Jumpman as well. And, you know, made a few of his familiar uh, or uh, iconic references as well in the game. So, I mean, in the movie. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, somewhere along the lines, they were having dinner and, you know, they felt like Mario was, you know, wasting his life. He didn't like the, the commercial. <laughs> with the infamous rap song from the super mario brothers super show on air and um you know also starring captain lou albano another mario voice not the original by the way um he wasn't the first actually for those who are in the acmg facebook group right now before i even started the show i posted a really awesome gem for you i posted an episode of the original donkey kong cartoon series from the CBS Saturday morning cartoon series, which starred the original voice of Mario. 
none other than our own Optimus Prime uh, himself, Peter Cullen, was the very first voice of Mario in the 1984 series. You'll hear him play that role on that episode in there. So if you're in the ACMG group, go out of your way, check it out. If you're not, and you have a legit profile, like a five-year-old or five, five-year-old or more website, uh, you know, Facebook account, Go check out our ACMG Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ACMG one. And uh, you can check out great content like that and have conversations with people in regards to what you thought from there. But Peter Cullen was the original voice of Mario before even Charles Martinet, even before Captain Lou Albano was. Um, he was the original. So, you know, his father did not approve of his, you know, journey in there. So he's trying to prove him right, you know, that he he can, you know, do this and, you know, make him proud and, you know, make sure that he's not wasting Luigi's life by having Luigi follow his path as well. And they get into a lot of great hijinks through this thing. The one in particular is like the one where he's in a house with a dog and the dog is, you know, trying to get at Luigi and whatnot. And they end up breaking the pipes and messing up everything in there. So it's it's a uh, really interesting i will say in one of the episodes one of the scenes that was so awesome is that mario's in his room luigi comes in there and mario's playing a video game and what game is he playing of all games but the original kid icarus i thought that was pretty awesome <laughs> so i mean there's a lot we're going to talk about all of as many easter eggs as i can remember or find we'll talk about all that i may need a you know a web page or two to help me out with that but there were so many awesome things going on in this movie it Honestly, you could not. I think you know, when I was there, I, I went to an early matinee. There was both adults, but also adults with their kids there, of course. But for those who think that this is just a children's film, they're wrong. They Nintendo made this for everybody. And just like they do with their video games, they make them for everybody. And the reason why I say and I would say even I would argue even more that they made this movie for adults. Because, and, and not just any adults, adults who grew up playing the game as kids from 1984 or five, all the way to now. Because those adults would know those Easter egg references. Kids will not re recognize that reference. And I was in the theater with some of the kids who didn't know who Mario was to the point, or even recognize some of the things that who everybody who played the game would recognize. So those Easter eggs weren't meant for kids they were meant for adults or gamers who play the game and knows the entire universe and also why this was meant for also all ages is because in the theaters they got tickets sold for from um for theaters all the way up to 10 10 p.m ain't nobody bringing no damn kids up at 10 p.m at late at night to watch a damn super mario brothers movie that's for adults and stoners that is hanging around that type of night that plays these games so don't even get me with that nobody at, at best you're gonna be that that show will probably play to at least eight o'clock at best at best and parents will bring their kids along for a six o'clock seven o'clock show damn near eight if they want to see it that day but other than that nobody's nobody's bringing their kids in for a 10 o'clock show because that means you're going to be up till 10 o'clock at night it, it, i mean up until 12 o'clock at night it's not happening so man i it was it's this movie is meant for everybody because the time slots tell you right there and then also like i said the references from there but they ended up going into 
the sewers to find out the situation of why all these pipes are busting and whatnot and such and lo and behold just like in a, just like it, the story of the video game they end up going in and they end up somehow uh getting sucked into this portal this portal ends up separating mario and luigi um and now the we uh mario ends up in the mushroom kingdom why luigi ends up in bowser's air um realm he ends up getting taken by a bunch of shy guys mario ends up meeting up with toad played by keegan michael king who you don't know is black or white <laughs> because he's a mushroom he's a toad <laughs> okay um but man yeah it was it was it was pretty dope um so you 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 know have mario now having to now, here's the interesting part of, i loved about this too there wasn't it wasn't about saving the princess they didn't do that even though you know anna taylor joy who plays princess peach was on here she was more the heroine this time they switched it around and i love that they did this because they didn't make princess peach look like a damsel in distress this version of peach was a badass she made sure she she knew she was more athletically trained she was more strategically trained than mario was because she was able to go through the obstacle courses that mario did and first of all i would also say i love the fact that in the beginning of the movie when mario and luigi were trying to rush to get to um rather the pizzeria or the um the place that they were supposed to uh, the job that they were trying to do they went through their normal 2d side scrolling obstacle course in order to get there so i thought that that was pretty cool but then also princess peace also tries to train him to make sure that he's ready to face bowser so he goes through all these training methods and he gets you know he gets his first you know taste of the mushroom by the way mario hates mushrooms and i thought that was a little awesome kick too so he gets the mushroom he gets the you know he starts hurling because he's eating so many mushrooms after a while so i like that i like that they did that and then he also tasted the blue mushroom as well too so he gets a, he gets a first taste of blue mushroom and you know the opposite effects happen when he does the blue mushroom and so he goes through all these training methods and everything and he ends up proving his worth and they end up going out to venture out to go find um bowser bowser played by of course jack black I'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that they he, i'm not gonna really say that they, he, he's like the greatest bowser ever but he may be the greatest bowser ever in a sense but he i i don't think you could have found a better person to play bowser and i hate to say that because they it, 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 i think it, it's safe to say that they could have found anybody to play bowser in a sense like josh brolin could have easily played bowser and it's and, and done it his own way but what i love about this version of bowser is that it they tailored it for just for jack black because it involves him singing it involves him doing a lot of craziness and it just it it was such a great fit for jack black there were times he was doing you know ballads and whatever and singing to singing about peach and whatnot and it just played so well to not only just bowser's character because if you've seen bowser throughout you know different versions of him throughout time it fits that bowser would do this he still had his grim evil sinister side but he had this very vulnerable comedy side of him too 
that kind of played well with Jack Black's, you know, you know, performance style. And it worked perfectly. I loved it. I loved that they were able to do that. Yeah, I mean, and they, and they were able to switch it on. He was evil and then he was comedy based. When he started talking about his love for Peach, it just worked out, which, by the way, love some of the things that they did with, you know, what he was wearing. And stuff. well, again, we'll talk about this with the Easter egg stuff as well, but really thought it was hell. Also, Kevin Michael Richardson played uh, Kamek. Also, Kevin Michael Richardson is black, too. So there is kind of representation here. Just not Latino. But again, he's playing a character that you're not he, you, you wouldn't know or wouldn't care what they are. You know, if any argument to have is probably Chris Pratt and Charlie Day. I don't know if they have Italian descent with them, but they played the role and they played it really well. So, um, man, so many, but so many awesome other characters here too. Told General was played by Eric Baza, who plays all of the Looney Tunes characters and more. Um, you know, you had Scott, um, uh, Menville who played Cooper General. Scott, um, Menville also plays Robin from Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. And here as well, you had, uh, Fred, uh, Arsmussen, uh, who played Cranky Kong, um, John, uh, John DiMaggio, everybody's favorite bender played uncle author who um who's part of the uh mario family uh sebastian maniscalco uh maniscalco played spike the wrecking crew member uh carrie payton <laughs> um cyborg from teen titans as well and um what's the name from uh the walking dead i, I forgot his name in the walking dead but um he played uh penguin king do you yield that dude i i thought you know i really thought that that was um I thought that was Phil Amar, but Phil Amar played another character, an additional character in the deal, but he could have easily played the Penguin King as well because they sounded exactly the same, but they, that the Penguin King was awesome. I remember people on social media was arguing about like, why are there penguins in the game in, in this movie? And you could tell they were people that never really played Mario 64 <laughs> before as well. So there was a lot of great references there to uh, Reno uh, Romano is Uncle Tony as well uh jessica jessica uh the cisco i believe is her name played mario's mom so a lot of great cast members in here and it's just everything just fits so well and everything that you recall for just every reference from the game every scene that you will remember it, they made the movie what i loved about this movie too is that it made not only did did everything to source with the video game but it made it made everything that just felt like really weird about the video game made sense they made like the side scrolling you know the, the venturing through the side scrolling they made sense out of that like the floating you know bricks and platforms and everything they made sense out of it because it's their world and it's how the world works and you got to see a lot of what we see from a side scrolling perspective in a 3d realm and it worked it works so well it just made so much more sense and giving us more of a three-dimensional look at everything a broader perspective of what the mushroom kingdom looks like from what we normally would see in a 8-bit game or a 16-bit game or a 32-bit game or even from a even from a 3d perspective and we got to see that in a way that we've never seen it before even though we've seen 3d mario games before we just i just played odyssey again and by the way, that game's still one of the greatest Mario games ever. But man, seeing the original Mario storyline in such a way, it just, I, I was just, it warmed my heart. It, it this was, I, and we talked about Mario Odyssey being a love letter to every Mario game 
this movie was a love letter to every fan and everybody just period it was just it you just it's hard to really say whether this movie will be on the at the throne among all the other really now awesome video game adaptations that we've seen of recent uh, and i'm talking like sonic last of us um man you name it you know some of the anime series that we come it's it's going to be hard to argue whether this is at the top of the mountain because they they really put up a great argument here chris pratt did a really great job um as mario and charlie day i thought really did an awesome job as luigi um everybody just felt balanced nobody really stood out it just felt like it was that avengers type of formula where everybody just got their time in and everybody shined in their own way here and it and again again um princess peach i thought making her a badass in here rather than just a damsel in distress was really good and making charlie making charlie days luigi the moral of the damsel in distress but he also gets his good he gets his um good parts too in here after a while so i mean they, I thought they did tremendous. I thought they paid respect to the video game. I thought they paid respect to Charles Martinet in a way. Um, I thought they just did a great job here. It was it was just an awesome, awesome movie to that respect. Um, now let's talk about the let's talk about the many and I mean many Easter eggs in here. Just so many Easter eggs in here. Uh, I mentioned a few already that I couldn't pass up. So let's see what we got. We got. We, they showed a bunch of the uh, Mushroom Kingdoms and uh, parts of the Mushroom Kingdom shown in there, including Peach's Castle, which we, of course, is synonymous with Mario 64. We got to see Bowser's Lair in here. Um, just so many things. We got to see mystery boxes and why that makes sense out of there and how that keeps manifesting, you know, different things. We got to see the Superstar, which only which was kind of like the MacGuffin of the entire thing and bowser was that was the thing bowser was going to use that to not only change the mushroom kingdom but to impress peach and to force him to marry uh marry him. we i mean we already saw this before when we got to hear the the infamous you know rap song from the super mario brothers super show on air as well which fit perfectly for the commercial as well um what else did we see here uh let me see we talked about Jumpman. We talked about Wrecking Crew. We talked about Punch Out Pizzeria. We talked about um, the fact that Mario goes through obstacles and he actually also went down the pole. Yeah. You know, as if he, you know, the same way that he does in the video game. Uh, seeing Mario's family was awesome. Um, just let me see. We did, I, I didn't know this as I'm seeing this right now. Star Fox's uh, air ring was also in the, in the movie. I got to. It's the reason why I gotta watch it again. So, oh, I didn't mention this, but we got to see Pauline in a, we got to see Pauline who um, I believe in the movie was portraying the mayor of New Donk City or whatever she was at because, you know, in Mario Odyssey, she, which is like the first time we've seen her since Donkey Kong, uh, she's now the mayor of New Donk City. So we did get to see a her appear in a news uh, segment regarding the plumbing catastrophe in the in the uh area so we got to see that uh we also got to see a dunk hunt uh duck hunt restaurant as well uh what else do we see um i think we that no there was i trust me i guarantee you i guarantee you that um 
I missed out on a few things. I didn't miss out on the fact that they did pay a little bit of homage in reference to Luigi's mansion with him, you know, in the flashlight deal. So we got to see a little bit of that too. Um, am I missing anything? We got to see Toadette. Oh, I will mention this. One of my favorite scenes of the movie was when they went to, you know, Kong's uh, country. And in order for Peach and Mario, in order to them to gain the Kong army, Mario had to face Donkey Kong, played by Seth Rogen, who also did, they tailored that, that character just for Seth Rogen, and he did great. Um, he had to face Donkey Kong in a Super Smash Brothers-like duel. And that was absolutely fantastic. The entire the entire fight was done in Super Smash Brothers fashion. Along with that, we also got to see um, Diddy Kong, and I believe I forgot the name of the um, the female Kong that was with him in a, in a video game in, in part of the video game. I forgot that, but she was also seen there too. So we got a little bit of a um, we got a little bit of a uh, cameo appearance by them, but. That, that scene was so great. That uh, Super Smash Brothers scene was so great. And we also got the Mario Kart scene as well, which played in Rainbow Road too. So there was, I mean, shush, my goodness, so many awesome moments in here. Um, you, This movie did not disappoint. This movie, which I believe at the time already has made 141 million in the box office the first day. I can't wait to hear with this it would just this is gonna make no for you know what's so bad you know who gets screwed out of this the movie air which is about michael jordan's uh sneaker and in, in, in the rise of um in the rise of uh the uh air jordans man did they pick a bad time to do this because <laughs> this movie is gonna kill in the box office probably for the next couple of weeks maybe even three weeks at, at best it's probably the biggest movie since the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, in uh, 89, the Jim Henson one. Uh, it, it's that big. I would also say I like the fact that how they implemented the mushroom in the fire flower in here made sense of that. We also get to see Yoshi's uh, too. Um, there was also a Mario Galaxy reference in here uh, too, I, I would like to point out. So just insane amount of references for this, uh, for this movie. Overall... Come on, man. Do I really have to say it? <laughs> I really have to say it. This movie lived up and more. This is an A++ movie. If you're a Mario fan, or if you have a kid that doesn't understand why Mario's so great, or if you don't take them to the movies right now, <laughs> this is one of the most enjoyable movies, and I can't wait till it comes out on digital. I am aching. I, I expect this to come out on digital very soon. Right. It's it's going to be in the theaters. It's going to be making money in the theaters for a few weeks. It's going to come in. I think it's going to be um, released within the next maybe three months. I hope so, because this game, this is this is going to be one of the um, best movies of the year, not just the best video game movies of the year, but one of the best movies in the, uh, of the year in terms of box office and just, you know, you know, just fandom, period. So. Man, go out of your way, check this out. This is a must for anybody who loves video games or even love Nintendo or even love Mario. This is, they just, you, you can, and I love, it's going to be, we got to talk about it now. Sonic has made two fantastic uh, movies. Mario is back with its own 
full film, uh, full featured film that did it justice. Who did it better? Who is the more accurate? And it's also safe to say that Sonic, as great as it was, you know, and they went the human CGI route with that. I felt like they did it better than anybody else who's ever tried to do it that way because the Smurfs sucked. Um, there, anything that involved going into the human realm, any of those movies that involve going to the human realm usually sucked. Sonic did not. It actually fit the format of what they were doing. So at the end of the day, who did it better? Is who in terms of accuracy? Even you got to throw in The Last of Us. This <laughs> Last of Us was also, was just tremendous this year. Man, what what a great time to be a fan! What a great time to be a fan, folks. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's all subjective at the end of the day. But man, this this movie here made you understand why Nintendo has been on top for over 136 years. Just gotta wonder about that, folks. That will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoy all of our shows in, in, in video exclusive. Um, like I said, we will actually have a new Talk Time Live exclusive, possibly coming later this week. If you're a wrestling fan and you've been aching for the Aki engine experience, Think you want to stay tuned for what my next guest and what i'm about to have on this show and what we're about to talk about because aew is not the only aki inspired game coming out lo and behold there is another <laughs> if i if i can say it in yoda voice no there is another <laughs> so stay tuned for that uh, i'll have more information down the line this week but um we are we have just spoken with the uh, gentleman we uh just talked about when we are going to connect and um this week stay tuned there's a new kickstarter wrestling game coming out for all major platforms that you may want to pay attention to especially if you are those who played no mercy or virtual pro wrestling 2 especially virtual pro wrestling 2 you definitely want to stick around for that so stay tuned for that um and much more but if you want to check out this episode and all of our episodes with ease Go to our official website at talktomlive.com. You can check out all audio episodes. Go in the search engine to find, you know, certain episodes like audio interviews that I had with Mike Moe, who played Ryu on uh, Street Fighter Assassin's Fist and uh, Bruce Lee and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You can find that there. Just type in Mike Moe. It'll pop up in our search engine on that page. You can also find our exclusive video interviews. I have 38, now 38 going to be probably 39 by the time this uh next one comes up but um over you know 30 interviews with some of the best of your favorite fandoms including recently um the one and only molly flanagan voice of naruto and voice of matt from royal crackers in the in place tina on uh abc's not dead yet just had a conversation with my good friend there so you can check that out you can check out also kyle Bear. you could check out you know others from video game developers to producers mega ran is on air dj cutman both of them who contribute music to this show every week is on air so you could go out of your way check it out um just so many great great interviews there for you to check out and support this and why they keep coming back to this show because we keep bringing the best in all things anime comics movies and games if you would like to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platform 
We're everywhere where podcasts are played, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Poppy, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, and Tumblr. If you are if you rock with Tumblr out there, you could go type in Talk Time Live. You could go and listen there as well. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, and I hope you have a great Easter, Ramadan, or whatever you are celebrating at this time. Please enjoy it peacefully. Enjoy it with family. Enjoy it with love. That'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games, and each other. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and have a great week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.